Hello, welcome to Sweet Sometimes Sour. I'm your host, Hallie. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about career. I sat down with my guest, Jenna, and she is a career and life coach. And we have a very kind of similar story. And we were both told when we were younger that you do well in school, you go to post-secondary, you get that piece of paper, that diploma, that degree, and then you go get a job and then that's how your life, that's that's your life. That's what you do for the rest of your life. You find a boring corporate job and that's where you're stuck. That is the life that I was basically told and shown. That is what was in store for me. <sighs> Spoiler alert, that doesn't fulfill everyone. If you like to sit at a desk for eight hours a day, power to you, you know. If you like to go to a corporate office, sit at a desk and do your job all day, not leave that desk, power to you. I have quickly learned in my 20s that I just don't think that's for me and that's okay. But um, in this episode, Jenna and I talk about what that looks like and trying to figure out what fulfills you and your career and what path do you want to go on and really digging into your own subconscious and learning about yourself to figure out what does the next step look like for you. So for example, I am nowhere near what I want in terms of career and life, but this year I made a really, really difficult change. I quite literally just took the plunge um, early this year, I left a relationship and I moved back in with my parents. I had been working at the same job for almost three years and I hated it. The environment was awful. The people made you feel like fucking garbage. My boss was awful. She made me feel like garbage. And everyone was just a walking, miserable zombie in that place. And I knew that I needed out. When I left that relationship, I was in mental turmoil. Like, I, I couldn't go to work. So I took some time off work. And in that time, I really took that time to focus on, A, getting my mental health back to a good place. And B, like, what the fuck do I want? Do I know what I want yet? Not really. Kind of. <laughs> I'm getting there. I know what I don't want. So that's a start. Anyway, fast forward to about September. I just had enough. I was sitting at my desk daydreaming about the moment that I got to quit, like on the daily. I wanted to just spin around and look at the rest of my team and go, you know what, you guys? I fucking quit. See you fucking never. Anyway, around mid-September, I make the decision that no matter what, I'm going to quit my job. No questions asked. I have made the decision. I live at home right now. I have essentially no bills. I'm not paying rent. Rather, I have other bills, but I'm not paying rent. So if I'm going to take this plunge, I think it's now. So I put in my two weeks before I had a job lined up. Mind you, in that time period, suddenly recruiters started to find me on LinkedIn and I was then offered in the span of a month, I had four recruiters come to me with four different opportunities just because they found me on LinkedIn and thought I had the experience for the job. Anyway, I interviewed, I think, for two or three of them. Two of them were ready to give me offers. And I think 
the day after I gave my two weeks, I, I told them, you know, I'm done. I'm going to be quitting in two weeks. You can count me out here. I'm fucking out. Um, the next day, I, ex- I accepted another job and that was it. It happened quickly and I, I really do believe that I manifested that into my life, you know. I took that plunge. I decided to say, nope, this energy is not for me. I left. I made that decision. There was no changing my mind at that point. I was not staying. I had even picked a certain date that I would stay until and I would not stay any later than that date with or without a job lined up. Now, mind you, I would love to not be going back into an office environment or going back into like a corporate type job. I did. Um, But that's mostly because I need to pay the bills. So I took a contract role and I actually really enjoy it. I really enjoy the environment. My boss is fantastic. Things are going really, really well. But the reason I took a contract is because at the end of that contract, I kind of get to make a decision. Where do I want to go? And I've been thinking of so many business ventures and I want to be my own boss. And I have the time now to really hone in on what I want. So... With that being said, thanks for listening to my little spiel. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Jenna was a fantastic guest. Um, I loved talking with her. Please definitely check her out. I will be leaving all of her information in the description of the episode. So go follow her on Instagram. Um, Check out all of her resources. I think that everyone should take a little bit of time to look inwards and to discover what you want out of life because I don't believe that we should be working to live. We shouldn't just go to work, come home every day and that's where you live your life. You live and die that way. It's a sad way to live. So if you feel that way, if you're feeling the way that I've been feeling, if you're feeling the way that a lot of us have been feeling about our jobs lately, do some inner work. What do you want out of your life? What does your life look like? Because it's what you make it. Yes, there's lots of obstacles. Yes, you don't always get what you want. But you can create a life that you want. You just need to put in the steps. And those steps are fucking terrifying sometimes. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Before we do, don't forget to go ahead and hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed. So you can get updates and turn on the little notifications to get a notification when a new episode is released. We love to have you here. Welcome to the su- <laughs> welcome to the sweet squad. Sweet squad. This is going to take some time and getting used to. Anyway, have a listen. So welcome to the podcast. Like I said, I'm super excited because you will be one of the first episodes that I'll be releasing. And it is a topic that is really close to my heart because I've struggled a lot in the last year with career, like figuring out life and career. And I find it a really special topic to me, especially in the line of work that I do, which I don't ever openly talk about on the podcast and what I actually do. But um Yeah. So today we're going to talk about career and you're a career and life coach, which is super cool. So I'll get into how you got there and and how you ended up doing what you're doing. Um, But I I have a story I was thinking of today. 
in relation to that. And we talked about before how, um, we follow the textbook path. Like we're always told to, you know, you go to school, you get a job, you get married, you have kids, you do these things and that's the pattern. And that's what everyone's told to do. Mm -hmm. And today, like I told you just before we started that I took the dog to the vet. And as you know, I was engaged before and that dog was a product of that engagement. Mm -hmm. So I'm at the vet. This was literally like two hours ago. I'm at the vet and, um, the vet is a block away from my old apartment that we had together. It was my first apartment. It was like a luxury. It was my dream apartment. Like I remember being in high school, college, university being like one day, I hope I can afford to live there. Mm. And I did it. And, you know, it looks picture perfect. And like you said, like that path, you know, I went to school, I graduated, I got the good job. I had someone, I moved out, we got the dog. I had this beautiful apartment and you're just not always as happy as you make it seem. Yeah. So I had that moment today where I was like, ah, I need to tell that moment that I had today looking at, because I was standing outside the bed and you can see my apartment from the door. And I was like, yeah, yeah, life is not exactly what you think it is. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a powerful story. And, you know, you look at, first of all, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be (laughs) here. And yeah, like just hearing you talk through that, it's, you know, coming out of it, being on the other side of it, right. You realize like a lot, we do a lot of comparison, right. So we're looking at people that we think have all these things and have it all figured out, but you never really know what's going on on the inside for someone or taking a step out of it after you've you know, realize it's not for you being like, wow, I'm glad that that what I thought I wanted wasn't actually what I got because I'm on my way to something better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So tell me a little bit about you and how you got into being a career and life coach. Yes. Yes. So talk about all the things that, you know, following the traditional path. So um, I very much relate to that. So um, coming out of my undergrad, I got an internship I graduated in 2009, which was uh, from college, which was one of like the worst years in the job market. Um, so I took like a very safe job that I had gotten offer for prior to even graduating college. So I was very risk averse from a young age. So if you told me I was going to have my own business, I probably would have told you you were crazy. Uh, <laughs> but I worked in the corporate world for 10 years, five years in more of the corporate space, and then five years in management and consulting. And so it was just, you know, I was on the path. I was very driven. I want, I was very achieve, achievement oriented. So I was getting promoted. I was getting these exciting opportunities and always on to the next thing. And particularly when I got to consulting, like I, at that point I made the switch, I moved into New York and I was like, okay, I have this great job. I'm in an amazing city. I have a great apartment. I'm just not feeling as happy. And like, I have all the things that I thought I would feel when I was at this point. Yeah. And it's so like a now what was, moment. Yeah. It's like, okay, like what's going on here? Like I was told, I was told this story that <laughs> when I do all these things, like I will feel great. I'll feel happy. And yeah. instead I was just really filling the kind of the void in my life with like buying myself things like shopping, going out and, you know, going on like endless dates in the city. And it was really like a lot of like looking outside of myself for, you know, the answer, because I was like, okay, I, 
I'm in a great career. I was not happy in it, but I didn't know what I wanted to do next. And so I was like, let me look everywhere else, but doing something there. Yeah. And it took me a few years. I was really in a place where I was just like, okay, I'm miserable in this job, but it's safe. It's secure. It's comfortable. I'm doing good at it. And I don't know what I want to do. So I'm not going to do anything. And then at some point it just got to a a place where I was in such a bad state, mentally, emotionally, physically, from the stress, from the burnout of being in that job in the crazy world of management consulting and like wearing myself out, doing all the other things in life that I was like, okay, I need to do something. And I don't know what it is, but the fear of staying the same and being in the same situation a year from now is way more scary to me than making a change and maybe it not working out. Yeah, exactly. I heard the quote once, like, I don't want to live the same year twice. Yeah. Really wrong. True for me. Cause I was same thing. I was in a job that I was like, I don't even like what I'm doing. Like I'm making decent money for being a recent grad, but I'm not fulfilled. I'm not happy. And do I really want to be in the same place next year? How do I make the change? Totally. And that's such like a powerful place to, to look at it from. And so for me, I was, you know, the idea of not knowing what I wanted to do next really like loomed over me. So I decided to give myself some time off to like reset, refocus. Um, During that time, I got into personal growth and really looked at like the common denominator was me, like things weren't going well, like I'm the common denominator. I'm the only one that can change that. Um, So as I got more into personal growth and really you know, looking at what I want for my life, what my values are, I got the idea that I think I went through all this career stuff to help other women that are also dealing with the same things. Because what I hear from so many of my clients is, you know, I have it all put together from the outside, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel good. It's not feeling the way I want it to. And kind of wearing this mask, I'm not telling my friends really how I'm feeling. I'm not you know, I'm sick of talking to my partner about it. I'm sick of living this life, but I don't know what I want to do. And we're just not having those conversations. It's like mm-hmm. it's, it's not something that we really have an outlet for. So that's what I love about being a career and life coach now is I get to help women work through that. And I say career and life coach, because our career is such a big part of our life, right? So you can't yeah. pull on the strings of your career and not have it impact other areas of your life and vice versa. So I like to look at it holistically and see, you know, what's the full picture look like? Well, exactly. Like you just had your like your life and career are very much intertwined. And yeah. I mean, the fall of my relationship had many reasons, but career was one of them. You know, I wasn't happy in my job. It was making me miserable. I'd wake up miserable. I'd come home miserable. And that really, that wears on your relationships, on your mental health, on your hobbies. Like you, you run out of motivation to even want to go do things after work. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing I hear. I mean, I lived it, so I relate to it, but for my clients, it's like, I'm sick of bringing this home to my relationship and wearing down my relationship and putting strain on my relationship with my partner, with my friends, with my family, right. Mm -hmm. Not showing up for myself the way I want to not showing up for them the way that I want to do and not having the energy to do the things that make me feel good. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at it like that, you're like, why do we still get stuck then? Why do we, why do we stay someplace that we're not happy for so long? And that's really when you get into, well, it's really like, the fears and the uncertainty and the unknown, that is what keeps so many people stuck. 
Yeah. And I mean, right now they're calling this the great resignation this time period because everyone's quitting their job. We just went through a crazy pandemic and everyone's realized, you know what, whatever I was doing, maybe just didn't make me happy. And I think it's really amazing to see people quitting and doing what they want. I mean, I I do a lot of hiring. So on the flip side, it's very frustrating (laughs) for me because I can't seem to get people. Yeah. But um. I think us as a younger generation also are not staying in jobs if they make us not feel happy or fulfilled. And I remember having a specific conversation with my dad just before I decided to quit my last job. And I said, you know, I'm not happy. Like it makes me feel miserable. It affects my everyday life. And he said, and I said to him, um, do you ever sit at your desk and daydream about quitting your job and like how satisfying and amazing that moment would be? And he's like, oh yeah, like I've done that for the last 30 years. And I I was like, excuse me? Like, I don't want to do that for 30 years. That's not for me. Count me out. So it was that moment where I was like, yeah, um, I'm going to take the plunge. And I quit my, I put in my two weeks before I even had accepted an offer. Mm -hmm. I, and I had planned, I was like, you know what? I'm going to quit my job by X date. If I get nothing between now and then I'm okay with that. I will just figure out how to live and I'm going to figure out what I want to do. Um, and as soon as I made that decision, opportunities literally f- were like flowing to me. Uh, mind you, they're still in my field, which I would like to get out of, but there's still job security. And it was more, or le- it was actually more the culture in the environment in the corporate world than it was the actual job. And I find mm-hmm. that's a lot of that's a, that's the thing for a lot of people, and and it's hard being in a poor environment. Yeah. There's so many things in there to respond to, but yeah, I mean, that takes a lot of courage. One, what you did of, of stepping away and trusting that something better is going to come. And so it's like having that faith in the universe, right. And having that Mm -hmm. faith that, you know, I'm making this move for me I'm putting myself first. I'm trusting that something good will come. And yeah, I mean, there's a few different directions from what you said in there, but yeah, I think we (laughs) are seeing like a generational shift of this past few years of people really reflecting on what's important to them, what they value, what they want for themselves, things that they didn't think that were, were that important now becoming more important to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think generationally as well, like millennials for the past few years have gotten a wrap in terms of like wanting more um, from their, (laughs) from their life and career than previous generations. But, you know, I think the important thing is, is to focus on you know, doing what's right for you, like what feels good for you. Cause it doesn't matter what someone else says, what someone else thinks, because they're not the one that's waking up and living your life and doing it every day. Exactly. Exactly. And something that I always try to tell myself is like, if you're afraid of what your family is going to think, or your friends are going to think, or whatever it may be, I always try to put it in the perspective of, well, are they going to love you any less? And if they're not going to love you any less and they're like, that's not lost, then it's okay. Like they don't have to agree as long as they're not going to love you any less. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great way to put it. I think, you know, rationally we can say that, but that's, you know, one of the biggest fears that comes up because a lot of the work I do with my clients is like mindset fears, limiting beliefs. And, you know, we're taught, you know, that story that we talked about in the beginning, right. Of like, get good grades, go to college, get a good job, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. We're taught that from a young age. We get all of our beliefs around money, around how we think about work from our parents, from society, from our teachers, from what we observe from such a young age, those are ingrained in us. So then, you know, we have 
20 plus years of beliefs that have been yeah. in us, right. And activated. And that's like our core operating system. So it kind of, you can kind of think about it from a rational mind, but your subconscious, which is where all those beliefs are mm-hmm. and where 95% of your thinking and your action comes from when those are running off of a different system, it, it kind of paralyzes you and it can be hard to be like, okay, like I, I know that, but I don't actually know and believe that. So that's yeah. like the work is, is shifting that. Yeah. It's definitely a hard moment where you feel like you're sitting there and you think, okay, I have everything. Like I've checked it all off, but why am I not happy? Like what, what did I do wrong? Why am I seeing other friends and family completing these tasks and they Mm -hmm. seem to be happy? Like what am I doing wrong? It's, it's definitely a mindset shift, which leads into what I was going to ask was um, if you can describe what what helping people change their belief system looks like with your clients. Like, what do you do? What's that process like? Yeah. So like I kind of talked about this a little bit, but I'll maybe like give a more detailed description. So, you know, I'm, I'm really into like neuroscience and the brain Mm -hmm. and, and how our mind works. And there's so much science and research that has been done around our ability to change our beliefs. And so our brain is made up of our conscious mind and our subconscious mind. And so our conscious mind is like 5% of our thoughts. Our subconscious mind houses 95% of our thoughts. And those are the things that like, when you think about like driving to the grocery store or driving to your parents' house, like you just know how to get there. You don't think about it. You just kind of like go and drive. Right. So it's like your brain's working on autopilot. So the belief system that you have is largely developed by the time you're seven years old. So you're learning from a very young age, Mm -hmm. like your core operating system. And then it continues. It's like, I think it's like 90% or so complete by age seven. And then the next 10% fills in like over the course of like seven to age 25. So you fully develop your brain at age 25. So for my clients, what they're going through is they're like, well, I want to make this change, but I've been told like, you know, you work a job that pays the bills. You don't work a job that you love. Right. So it's like, okay, that's a a belief that's getting in the way of me making a change. Mm -hmm. So then it's like first becoming aware of what are the beliefs that I have, because we don't even really think about those. Sometimes we just live our life. So it's, First is awareness, because then from awareness, you can start to make changes. So it's like, let me get aware of that belief. Let me question that belief. Is that a belief that feels good to me? Is that a belief I want to believe? What evidence do I have for this belief? Then from there, you can make a decision of like, okay, if it doesn't feel good for me, it's not a belief I want to keep. What would a more empowering belief look like for me? Okay. How do I frame that? How do I... And how do I you know, state that in a way that feels good to me? And then it's creating new neural pathways to support that, right? So there's things like doing EFT tapping. So there's, you know, different, different yes, that. tools that you can use. So EFT helps activate different meridian lines in your body and helps you kind of clear out your energy and put in place more empowering beliefs. You can do affirmations, practice affirmations, Right. Um, so things that train your brain to start thinking that new positive belief versus revert, reverting to that old, like road in your brain that went to 
a belief that doesn't feel good and doesn't support the career and life that you want. Yeah. And that takes a lot of time, any kind of mind mindset shift. Like yeah. when I moved back home to my parents' house, I was not in a good state and I had to do a lot of therapy. And uh, my therapist told me to pick up the five minute journal. So the five minute journal makes you purposefully be positive every morning and every night and changing that mindset and, and using affirmations, like you said, and talking positively and all of that takes so much time to ingrain in your brain and put into your routine and, and change that mindset. Like, I think the journal is meant to last six months and that's because like, it takes that long or longer (laughs) to make sure that it's ingrained. Yeah, totally. It's just, it's not a way that most of us are used to thinking or conditioned to think, right? So it's really being aware of like, okay, what are my old habits? What are the new habits that support me and and make me feel better? So, you know, I talked a lot about like changing beliefs, but then it's like, also, how do you shift your mindset to be more positive in general? So like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. yeah, five minute journal is a great tool. I love that and give that to my clients having a gratitude practice, which is included within the five minute journal of writing down what you're grateful for just journaling in general, right? Like getting your feelings out um, and becoming aware of those things. So a lot of different tools and techniques that you can use to help shift your mindset. Um, But it's really looking at like underneath that, like, sure, you can be positive and have a positive approach, but if you're not thinking about, you know, what's underneath that, that's making me not want to make a change. That's making me scared. That's making me feel judged, et cetera. Then you're never really going to get anywhere because you're just putting, you're just kind of putting icing on top of it. Right. Exactly. And not not looking at what's under what's underneath it. So you really need both. You need to like excavate, you know, what's holding you back, what's blocking you. And then also at the same time, focus on, okay, how can I create more positive uh, momentum and, and, Mm -hmm. and, mindset in my life. Yeah, exactly. It's very much linked. And like you said, like, so you work on mindset and then I found for me, when I improved my mindset, I had the balls then to like quit my job. Be like, okay, I can see a positive. There's light at the end of this tunnel. Whereas when you're in a doom and gloom type of mood, you don't see that light. Right. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's such a great point is when we're in this doom and gloom, your choices, your options, your thinking becomes cloudy. You don't have a good sense for like being expansive. And so when you start to open up and look at like, okay, I, I can look at this differently. I can see things more positively. I can focus on the good things. I can focus on what I do want. Then those choices, those options start to come up, right? You're open to receiving them. Exactly. And seeing them in a way that you weren't when you're closed down and in a negative mind space. Mm-hmm. Well, you said that you work with, um, you like to work with women, which I'm, I'm sure you've done both, but I also think it's really important. Um, I love to work with women. I love to support women. I love the whole woman supporting women thing. Why do you think that women specifically feel really stuck in their careers? Yeah, this is, <laughs> there's a lot of layers to this one. Um, <laughs> I think it, honestly, I think it's, there's a lot of like a lot of what we've talked about before of like societal conditioning, I think Mm -hmm. of, you know, we get into careers when we're, when we're young, right? Like we get a major in college or at university, Mm -hmm. then we're going straight into a job. And in our twenties, we're still really like learning and growing. And Mm -hmm. like, we're always growing throughout our life. Right. But like, that's a major time of growth. 
And I don't think it's really encouraged that you should try different things and figure it out. It's kind of like, okay, you should come out of school and you should get into a career path. And then that should be the path you stay on. Yeah. Whereas we grow and change as people, women, you know, in this example, throughout our life and at different stages of our life, we want different things. We value different things. And so I don't think that the messaging in society has really caught up to that to like mm-hmm. make it okay, okay in quotes, yeah. right? And it's it should like, be treated like dating. Like there's many fish in the sea. There's many careers in the sea. <laughs> yeah. And Dip your toe. Like, yeah. Yeah. We were like, oh, well, you know, I should have a career path. I should have this figured out. Or, you know, this is what I always thought I do, or I can't let down my parents or whatever. There's like people pleasing tendencies that really come into it mm-hmm. as well. Of Like, I don't want to upset people. I don't want to let someone down. I don't want to let my work down by leaving. Yeah. I hear that I, a lot. Like, I feel guilty. Yeah. I feel like women, we especially carry that guilt, you know, we feel yeah. responsible and, and we take on so much of that emotional burden. Yeah. And so it's like, at what cost? Like we're putting everyone before ourselves and our mm-hmm. own happiness. So it's like, what is more important, most important to you because you can't show up as the person that you want to be in your life if you're not feeling good, right? So if you're in something that depletes you energetically, then it's hard for you to show up and give that energy to yourself or anyone else. Yeah. That that kind of leads into what I was going to ask next is what do you think is the link or what would you describe as the direct link between career and self-love? Like your sense of self, your sense of love for yourself and career, where does career play a part in that? Yeah. So the link that I see in them really comes back to like worthiness mm-hmm. of what we feel we're, we're worthy of. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I look at not leaving a career that you feel isn't a fit for you. It's not, it's not supporting you. It's not giving you what you want. It's you know, making you feel burnt out, stressed, anxious, whatever, staying in that is basically communicating that you don't feel like you're worth worthy of more, that you don't deserve more. It's like staying in a bad relationship. You can't have more. (laughs) Yeah. And I always, I love to compare it to a bad relationship, right? It's like people get into this mindset of like, oh, well, is there anything, is there anything better out there? Like, what if I don't find anything better? And I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay here and I'm going to kind of settle Cause I don't know what else might be out there. And so it's like, mm-hmm. as you start to focus more on your, yourself, as you focus, start to focus on, you know, what do I value? What's important to me? Who am I? What do I really want for myself? That confidence that radiates throughout all areas of your life, your career, your relationships, your finances, your own well being. right? Everything's so connected. You can't become more confident and, you know, love yourself and, and really nurture yourself and not have that have a positive impact in other areas mm-hmm. or in all areas of your life. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that I think, I, I think it's really nice that self-love has been a big topic in the last, you know, I don't even know how long, but I feel like it wasn't a topic when I was a teenager. Yeah. I'm only 25 and no yeah. one really taught me, you know, you got to love yourself. I find that I fall into that, that group of people pleasers, you know, I was told I have to go to school, so I'm going to go to school. And I was told I have to get good grades and pass. So I'm going to do that. And then I was told I have to get a good corporate job. So I did that. 
right? And you're just a people pleaser and you don't take care of you. And then suddenly at 25, you stop and look around and you're like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Yeah. Where, how did I get here? Like what part of this was for me, right? Like what part of this journey was for me? Cause I'm not sure (laughs) which, which step did I take for me? None of it. None of it. (laughs) Well, I always like to say, you know, from all the experiences we have, we learn more about what we do want and what we don't want. Right. So it's like, you know, we like to say like, oh, I wish I started earlier. I wish I knew that earlier. I wish I did that earlier, but you learn something from that. You can take away something from that and you come now to where you are with a new perspective and will inform the path that you go down in the future. Mm-hmm. Has there been a client that has really stood out or like a story that you can think of where you feel like you made a huge impact? Like you really did help someone work through the worst of the worst. Yeah. Um, geez, let me think of a good one. Um, mm-hmm. and there's so many on like different levels. So I think one of my clients, um, I'll give this kind of, it pulls together a lot of different facets of was in a job that was very toxic. So a lot of my clients are in very toxic situations, right? So she was relatively new mom. She had two, two kids, And she wanted to be in a less demanding job in a less toxic environment so that she could be more present for her kids, could be more present with her husband. And this was kind of like the shift, like as she got into her thirties, right. She was like, okay, like, you know, I built this career. I want to be able to still have a career and still do something that I find enjoyable, which I'm not sure what that is. Um, but I also want to be able to, you know, be the kind of mom and be the kind of wife that I want to be. So what we did is there was a lot of like beliefs of, okay, to do that, I'm going to have to make less money. I'm going to have to take, take a step back in my, in my career. So all these beliefs, right. Of why she couldn't have as good of a job. Well, flash forward, she got another job in another industry doing, having way more responsibility in terms of the things that she likes to do, got a $15,000 raise, had more stable hours, right? Like working more of a normal nine to five schedule so that she wasn't on call at night answering emails and like doing work after the kids went to bed. Um, And really like brought back, like took that anxiety, took that stress that was really just pervasive in her family and her home life because she was so unhappy at work. So it took all that out. Yeah. That's Um, that's huge. Yeah. Because I I think that's a good story because so many of my clients and people I talk to, the belief is, well, I want something different and I want something more balanced. I want something that's more fulfilling and that I enjoy doing, but I, but I don't want to make less money. And I don't think that's possible. It's always like, I can have a job that I enjoy and I'm going to make less money, or I'm going to have a job that is really hard and I'm going to make good money, or it's not, I don't enjoy it. And it's, it's tough and I'm going to make more money. And those are like the two options that we give ourselves. There's no like in between. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Even I think like that, like, yeah. you know, I'm going to stay in this job that I don't love and I'm going to make X amount of money or I'm going to quit and start from scratch and I'm going to make now this much money. Yeah. And it's about like, where do you find the middle? <laughs> where do you yeah. find it? 
Yeah. And like, that's an example of like, those are beliefs that have been ingrained in us from since we were, we were younger and that's like how society thinks and, and positions that. Right. So that's why it's really important, like to hear stories of people that have made those changes because it gives your brain examples yes. that that's possible. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. And then, you know, also it's just becoming aware of that and being like, okay, that's not what I want to think. I want to, I want to think something that's more empowering and more aligned with what I want. And I think that's a really big shift that's happening as well, is that people want that balance. They no longer want to dedicate their life. People don't want to work to live, you know, like, and yeah, being a new mom, like I'm so many women are in that position where they're like, well, I want more balance. I want to be home with my kids. And I feel like for women specifically, that's a really hard thing to wrap your head around. Like, do I pick career or family? And it shouldn't have to be a choice. You know, you should be able to do both. And that's something that's, I find that I've talked to women, um, even in my industry, it's just a hard thing to wrap their head around. Yeah. And it's, it, again, like all, all goes back to beliefs and like what you believe is possible, right? Cause if you don't believe it's possible, you haven't seen it modeled, then it's hard for your brain to wrap, wrap its head around. That's why I love podcasts. And that's kind of where I wanted to start mine was I want to share those stories. Cause for me, when I was on like my mental health journey after I broke up and, and I moved back home and I use social media and podcasts and TikTok and Instagram to hear people's stories. And it makes you feel less alone. It makes you feel like the things that you want are possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a really special thing. And that's, you're exactly right. Once you start hearing people's success stories, you're like, oh, I can do that. That's possible. That's in the realm of possibility now. Yeah, totally. It's such a, you know, social media for all the the downside of it. It has a lot of great mm-hmm. benefits and podcasts as well of just being able to see different perspective and to see what is possible and find those people that are inspiring to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's a huge for me. I think that social media does get that really bad rap. And I think in some cases it, it's a space of what you make it. So, you know, when I moved back home, I made a point to follow a bunch of positive affirmation pages mm-hmm. and get rid of all the things that made me feel not so good. And I made a space that is positive. So when I'm scrolling, I feel happy. I don't feel negative. I see positive things that remind me of self-love and that's really, really important. It is. Carrie, I also have, good. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I also have written down that we talked about when we first met um, was that mindset of I'll be happy when yeah. I'll be happy when, and we kind of talked about it already, but h- how do you get people started on, on doing that growth mindset? Cause I'm sure there's resistance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially for a lot of my clients, they'll relate to like being anxious Yes. So anxiety being, I'm projecting into the future and thinking about what's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, so much of the beauty of life is in the journey, not in the destination. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so easy to get caught up in, like, I can think of my own, my own life, like, okay, I'm working towards this promotion. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll be happy when I get here. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, got that promotion. And okay fleeting moment of satisfaction. Right. And then it's like, you're on to the next thing or like, I'll be happy when I get this relationship. I'll be happy when I move into this apartment, all of the things or this house. And 
it's like, if you don't stop and actually start to be present with where you're at, enjoy the path to getting there, then it's, it takes some of the fun and like the joy out of it. So what I really focus on with my clients is like, how can you bring more joy and more fun into your life every day? Yeah. Make it an everyday thing, not a, I'll be happy when thing. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So, you know, instead of being like, okay, I'm waiting for this thing to come. It's like, well, how can you find satisfaction where you are? So that's where like things like gratitude lists come in, right? Like being grateful for where you are, the things that you have on the way to what you want. Exactly. Yeah. And like we, I think we talked about, cause I have it written down having that never ending timeline. So not just giving yourself a, when I get married, I'll be happy. When I get this job, I'll be happy. It should be like a continuous. You should always maybe have goals, always have, you know, something to look forward to just never having a timeline. Totally. Yeah. It's the balance, right? Like it's not saying like, don't be goal goal oriented and don't want, don't not want things in your life. Like that's not it. It's like, how can I be focused on things that I want to bring into my life, but also enjoy myself as I'm on my way to them. So how can I have more fun, have more joy, have more experiences while I'm getting to those things that I want? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And like, you'll look back on your life and be like, I climbed Everest, but you know, like, I don't remember getting here because you're just so focused on that one goal. Like I have to do this. I have to do this. And again, that's just so ingrained in our head throughout, you know, we're always told, you know, you work hard, you work hard to get to X, Y, and Z. Yes, you work hard, but I always, you know, the way that I interpret that was you do nothing but that, like you focus on that, you work hard to get that and that's it. (laughs) And you look back on your life and you're like, what just happened? (laughs) I got here. Totally. Yeah. And that's like where that balance comes in, right? It's like, okay, focus on the things that are aligned with, like take aligned action for the things that you want to achieve, but then also like do things that are fun because when you're feeling good and you're enjoying life, Mm -hmm. that also makes the things that you want come to you a lot easier, right? It makes the action and the doing a lot more like flow a lot easier. Exactly. I totally agree. Um, what kind of steps do you take to help clients start figuring out? So is, do you develop a plan for them? What does that look like when you're working with a client to make those steps for change? Yeah. So like the problem that my clients come to me with is they're like, I feel stuck. I have no idea what I want to do next. And there's no career path that they think in their head they want to do. Yeah. And that's for the most part, no, that's, and that's usually what's keeping them stuck is they're like, I want to do something. I not happy where I am, but I don't know what I want to do. So it's keeping me from doing anything. And so what that really starts with is doing self-discovery. So the answers are inside of you. They're just covered and layered in, you know, we've suppressed them. So the work that I do with my clients is, you know, using worksheets, using different journaling prompts, different questions to help start to excavate what are the different components of what you want in a career. Mm -hmm. So kind of getting all those different puzzle pieces of what you want in a job down on the table. So like, what are your values? What are your interests? What are your skills? What have you liked and not liked about past careers? Um, 
what's the type of culture that you want to work in your work preferences, like all these different things. How can we start to pull all of those out of you? And then how do we start to put those puzzle pieces together and see like what type of job options come out of those? Yeah. Um, So that's like the piece of like, you know, putting the job puzzle together. Um, So while we're doing that, a lot of limiting beliefs and fears come up, right? It's like, well, you know, I was told that I can't do a job that I love, or if I do that, I won't make money. Or, you know, I am afraid of leaving this industry and being judged, Mm -hmm. right? So there's blocks that come up along the way. So simultaneously, we're kind of working through what are those blocks that are coming up? How do we start to rework those blocks, rewire your thinking so that you can get out of your own way so we can actually start to put together an action plan to get you into exploring those job options that you identified, seeing what interests you still, seeing what seems exciting after you start talking to people and learning about it more, and then actually taking the steps to get you into one of those jobs. So, you know, starting the interview process, all of that stuff. Yeah. How do you, when someone comes to you and they have no idea what they want to do, how do you help them determine what job they go into or try out? Yeah. So, I mean, my role as a coach is like the premise of coaching is the answers are inside of you. Like, you know, you'll know the role that is right for you. Like I can't be like, I think you should be an event planner. Like it's not, that's not what, that's not what happens. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like my role as a coach is to hold space for you, to give you a process, to give you a framework, to give you tools, to give you outside perspective, help you, you know, become aware of blind spots or blocks that you might have. So what I'll do is, you know, facilitating that self-discovery process helps people start to identify like, Oh, like these things are really important to me. Right. Like these patterns are emerging. The, the same kind of things are coming up, right? So like, oh, wow, it's really looking like I want to be more in like a training or facilitating, like helping people type of role. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, so then go out and do some research. Like what types of roles come up that incorporate that and incorporate the things that are really important to you. And then from there, as you start to get a list, then you can go out and, you know, a big piece of what I, I focus my clients on is doing informational interviews. Like, going out and talking to people that are in roles that they're interested in and seeing, is this something that I like? Is this something that seems interesting to me still? Do I still want to keep this on my short list of potential options or is it not what I want? Like I have an example of a client that really wanted to be an event planner as she started going through this. She's like, this has always been a dream of mine. I'm really into this idea. As she started going out and having conversations with event planners, she was like, okay, like this is actually not what I want to do. Like it doesn't have the hours that I want. It doesn't have the lifestyle that I want and all of that. And so she's like, I'm really glad that I learned about that before going down the path of actually becoming an event planner. Well, that's a huge thing. Yeah. That I think a lot of people don't take into consideration. And I actually, um, so today was take your kid to work day and I don't have any kids, but I was helping some of the kids that came in and I was, I was sitting down for an HR session. I just expose what I do. Um, (laughs) But I was saying to her that people, when you're, when you're thinking about the career that you want, think about the lifestyle that you want. What are the hours you want to work? What are you okay with? And like, cause this girl was saying, oh, like I want to do like detective work or I want to do, you know, something with crime. And I said, that's, 
that's cool. Um, what kind of lifestyle do you want? Cause I'm going to tell you a detective will likely work on weekends, late nights. Like what does your life, what do you want for yourself? Because do those hours match what you want? And that's something I feel like a lot of people struggle with because I don't enjoy my corporate nine to five, but I can admit that I like having the structured hours. That's Mm -hmm. the one perk. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of us haven't thought about what does my perfect day look like? Like, how would I want my day to flow? What types of things would I be wanting to do? So that's actually like how I start all of my, my first coaching session with my clients is taking them through a guiding guided visualization to help them kind of tune into Mm -hmm. what does my future state day look and feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Cause some people helps drive decisions. Yeah. Some people are, some people love coming into their office, sitting in front of a computer all day, every day. They, they love the structure. It works for them. Or when I worked, um, in a manufacturing facility, some people love the shift work. It, it works for them. Some people, it does not work for them. Some people like to work on their couch. Some people like being able to dress up, put some makeup on and go into work. You know, what does that look like for you? What is your vision? Like you just said, what's ideal? Totally. Yeah. And like, you, yeah, like you said, everyone likes something different and that's okay. That's why there's so many different paths and so many different avenues that align to different people and what different people want. But on the flip side, I guess I remember being in university in college and university and thinking, okay, I thought I would be happy if I had a nine to five job. And I always said, I just want to be a wife and a mom and I want to have a good job. And I want to go to work, come home and cook dinner and blah, blah, blah. And once I had that minus the kids, I just had like a relationship, a dog and a nine to five. And I had to come home and make dinner. I was like, no, this is not actually what I want. Like, this is not for me. And I just thought that's what sounded perfect. Maybe because that's what my family always had. You know, I grew up in it. Everyone in my family, you go to work in the morning, you come home for dinner, you make dinner, you go to bed. That's the norm in my family. And I've quickly learned that it's just not for me. And I'm trying to figure out through podcasting and stuff what I like, but it's so true. Like you have to sometimes do a little bit of trial and error to figure out what's good for you. What's not good for you. Yeah. I think that's like a really important piece. It's like, you know, you've by doing things, you learn what you like and what you don't like. You are like, okay, I like this. I'd like to continue with having that in my life, but I don't like this. So it's just like giving yourself the freedom and the permission to be like, I'm trying out different things. I'm seeing how things feel. For women, I was just thinking about, we, we have that timeline of, um, by 30, I want to be married, have kids, X, Y, and Z. I better have a career set and ready to go. And, you know, young me, <laughs> my parents were young uh, when they were married and had me. So they were only like 21, 22. So my okay. whole life, I envisioned myself like by 25 or, you know, early 20s, I would be married. I'd have at least one kid. I would have a good job. I'd have everything. Yeah. And I'm 25 living back in my parents' basement you know, nothing worked out the way that I thought it did. And I think we put a timeline on our lives. Right. And it's like, I have to have this career by this time. And I think maybe this, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe some of your clients feel that are, they're a certain age. It's over for me. How do I start over? Yeah, no, I think that's something that a lot of people relate to from a sense of, yeah, that comparison of like, okay, like, you know, I, I feel like I should have it all figured out. Like these people, like I hear a lot of comparison when I hear people talk, it's like, well, this person has it all figured out. 
they're in a different place than I am. Why am I not there yet? Like I should know what I want to do. I should be in a different place. Like I should have it figured out by now. Um, and like, really, we just all have our own journeys. Mm -hmm. Like I look back and I think, you know, by 30, I'm 33 now, almost 34. And I look back and I'm like, Oh, by 30, I'll definitely have all those things. Right. Like when I was in my younger twenties and then it's like, my life has worked out how it's supposed to work out. Right. Like the amount of growth that I've had over the past three and a half years as I've been on this journey has been like crazy. Like who I am as a person mm-hmm. now is very different than who I was four years ago. Yeah. And you can't replace that. Like that, and, that's not replaceable that journey. Yeah. And so it's like trusting that like your path is your path and the things that are supposed to happen for you are supposed to happen when they do. And everything is leading you to something else. Yeah, I agree. Everything happens for a reason. Completely. I completely agree. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you said you've been doing this for two years, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. So yeah, I gave myself a little time off after I left the, the consulting world and then realized that, that this was my passion and this was something that I wanted to help other women with. So it's been a really fun and, uh, a lot of my clients say like, Oh, I want to wake up in the morning, like excited to go to work. And I feel that way every day, like waking up excited to help people and to connect with people. So I feel very grateful. That's, that's awesome. How did you get started into starting your business? Did you, was that I'm sure a scary process for you to take that? Leap? Totally. Yeah. I think I said this earlier on, mm-hmm. if you had told me that I would have my own business, I would have been like, yeah. no way. Like that is not <laughs> something even a few years ago, like I would have been like, no, it's just wasn't modeled to me. It wasn't on my radar. It wasn't anything that I was into, but you know, being an entrepreneur and having your own business, like, especially like my work, like I am like the face of my business, right? Like I am my business. So, you know, it's being vulnerable, like sharing a lot about myself, my own journey. And then entrepreneurship brings up like a lot of fears, a lot of blocks, um, a lot of limiting beliefs. So it's a lot of like personal development work that I'm like continuing to do on myself that gets exposed in my business. Um, so it's definitely ups and downs, like anything in life, but, um, it's been a really cool learning experience, growing experience. Um, and it's just fun to see the direction it's heading in. That's awesome. I want you to give me one last piece of advice. If you were to give your younger self or anyone starting this journey, what is your biggest piece of advice that you could give? Oh, that's a good one. Um, so I did a post on this today and it's the quote that really like kind of changed my perspective on things. And it's by Wayne Dyer and it's, you're not stuck where you are unless you decide to be. Mm, I like that. uh, And so you have the power to change your life. You have the power to do be create anything that you want, as long as you take responsibility for yourself and and do the inner and outer work to make it happen. That's awesome. Okay, Jenna, I think that we have covered everything we wanted to talk about and I'm super happy and I I love the topic. It honestly, it does hit really close to home on a personal level, on a career level for me. So I love the topic. Where can my followers and listeners find you? Perfect. So um, my most active platform is Instagram. So you can find me at Jenna K Greco. Um, so go ahead and follow me. I have a free career audit if you go over there um, and you can get that emailed over to you and help awesome. you figure out where to fine tune some areas in your career, what might be next. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, Jenna. And hopefully I'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you.
that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to go check Jenna out on Instagram and all other platforms. Like I said, every link everywhere that you can find her will be in the description of the episode. You can find her on Instagram at Jenna Greco. Again, I'll have the spelling and everything below. Thank you so much, Jenna, for coming on and being such an awesome guest. I loved the topic. I feel like I could talk about career for forever and making sure that people find what they love. It is definitely one of my passions, um, making sure and, and trying to find that path in life where you feel fulfilled, like you have purpose. We all are so career driven these days and I think it's great, but you have to have work-life balance. You have to still have a life and if you can find that, you're fucking golden. Anyway, Thank you so much, Jenna, for coming on and sharing your knowledge as a career in life coach. Again, follow her, please. And you can follow us, the podcast, Sweet Sometimes Sour, um, on Instagram and on Facebook to join the Sweet Squad and me, your host, Hallie Marina. Again, you can find all that in the description. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever the heck you're listening to me right now, take a minute, go hit subscribe, go hit follow. And while you're at it, leave a quick review or just a star rating. Either will do for me. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Thursday. Yeah. Yeah.